welcome to PodSpot, the UK's only HubSpot-themed podcast. It's a bi-weekly look at the latest updates from HubSpot, with practical hints and tips directly from the mouths of HubSpot users and partners. Welcome back to another episode. I'm your host, Kerry, PR and Digital Engagement Manager at Carmen Digital. And today we're delving into HubSpot's Service Hub, the purpose-built customer service toolset within HubSpot. Here with me to chat about Service Hub is Sabine Schmidt, Senior Inbound Consultant at HubSpot. So welcome, Sabine. I know it's your first time on the podcast and it's lovely to have you. How are you doing today? Hello. Thanks for having me. Um, I'm doing very well. Thanks. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. We we were just talking beforehand about about how you're in sunny Paris, so um, I'm very jealous and hopefully we can uh, make this episode nice and short so you can get out in the sunshine. (laughs) (laughs) That would be great, but um, don't worry about it. I'm more than happy to um, talk through a service hub today with you, so all good. Perfect. So, um, so yeah, I guess let's let's dig right in. So, HubSpot released Service Hub a couple of years ago, and it's quickly made its mark already on the competitive customer service SaaS market. So, I guess for the listeners out there that aren't quite sure on what the Service Hub offers or, or what it is, can you give us a bit of an overview? Yes, absolutely. So, HubSpot created the Service Hub with the growing demands of today's customers in mind. And most customer service reps, to be honest, are quite overwhelmed trying to meet these demands because their tools and data live across multiple sources. And customers today, they really expect quick resolutions, right? Within minutes. And it has to be personalized and ideally also a 24-7 service through various channels. So with all of that in mind, we created Service Hub. And we believe that it's possible to delight your customers with efficient and personalized service throughout their entire journey. And that's why we built the hub. So basically, in a nutshell, Service Hub is an end-to-end service platform that delights both your customers and your team. It provides um, efficient support so you can solve your customers' problems faster. And really, from onboarding all the way to upselling, you can use Service Hub to really support the full customer journey. It's, as all HubSpot's hub, connected with our leading CRM platform. So Service Hub empowers all of your teams to take really full control of the customer experience and reduce friction and also support reps to have like all the previous customers' history at, at hand with all the CRM data fed in the customer service, uh, service reps' everyday work. It brings all the data and channels really together in one platform, and that helps you to efficiently onboard, support, retain, and also grow your customer base and ultimately make this famous flywheel HubSpot has developed spin faster and remove friction from your support and service process. So in short, all-in-one solution that enables you to deliver a delightful experience for your customers and turn them into promoters that will want to spread the word about you. And maybe I can also just go a little bit into the specifics, um, the actual tools that the Service Hub involves now. So we have, for example, an inbox, which is really kind of the one place for all of your support channels Um, to come together. You have also a ticketing system, which allows you to also automate your help desk. It's super easy to use. We have a knowledge base that allows your customers to self-service. There's a survey tool to capture your customer sentiment and identify also evangelists or distractors. We have in Service Hub a support form 
a live chat and a chatbot as an additional channel to get in touch with your business, and also tools to free up your support reps' capacities. So for example, the chatbot I already mentioned, the knowledge base, but also all the automation and tools like sequences, snippets, or templates. And lastly, uh, what forms also part of the service hub is custom reporting and goal tracking and forecasting, like all of those reporting tools that help you to measure performance and conversation intelligence for coaching your support reps. Wow, amazing. It's a very jam-packed hub by the sound <laughs> of things. And um, yeah, with hubs, but I guess it's always you create things to solve a need. And I suppose with service teams, it's probably underestimated how much time and effort goes into those teams and to create that streamlined customer experience and like you said how overwhelmed they could be so yeah um the tools that you have sound fantastic and that they definitely solve a lot of issues for teams in service <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm speaking from experience that my <laughs> first job was in support so i know how this can um, be pretty challenging to keep an overview of everything and um like get over all of those administrative tasks and um, duplicate tasks you have to do as a service rep so certainly good tool to help to help with that yeah I can imagine challenging is a very polite way of, uh, of saying <laughs> it I imagine it was very stressful at times but um great so so some of the functions you mentioned there uh you know the inbox the knowledge base um kind of the support forms and the ability to have live chat I think for for me and in, in our agency one of the best and most functional tools we find is is the ticketing that you mentioned and that pipeline and system especially how it can be automated I think mm. when something can be automated it's always really favorable rather than having to manually um, monitor and, and set things up so how can ticketing in HubSpot solve a lot of issues for customer service teams and what do they encounter on a daily basis? Yeah, great question. And indeed, I agree. That's like really a super powerful, this tool. Really, um, the overall benefit of tickets is, I would say, to keep track of your customer's request in one unified help desk so that your team can stay organized and solve problems of their customers faster. And using help desk automation helps you to eliminate a lot of unnecessary manual processes and data entry, I would say, and also helps you to eliminate this duplicate work, allows you to prioritize your work and just deliver this optimal and personalized service. So some things you can do with the ticketing system is setting up automation, as you said. So for example, you could set up automation based on your ticket status, right? Like if you are waiting for the customer's response, let's say, so that you can follow up in a timely manner and actually meet your SLA. So for example, when... Um, the customer has replied, you can get a quick notification automatically, a task, for example, that you now have to reply um, quickly within a certain time frame to this customer. You can also automate ticket routing, super powerful, I think, to, get, to make really sure that the ticket is um, associated and assigned to the right service rep, maybe the expert matter in the team or... Um, somebody who's like responsible for a certain category of tickets. You can also provide transparency um, and close the loop by triggering customer emails when a ticket is closed, for example, and, say, and just give them a heads up that the ticket has been closed, right? You could also 
for example, avoid that customers' requests get lost and aren't uh, being followed up in a timely manner by all those automated tasks and notifications. That's super powerful because um, I'm experiencing that right now here in France. I'm trying <laughs> to get my social security number for um, eight months already. And oh, no. in June, I sent in the, the missing data and I haven't heard since after an hour in the waiting line yesterday. They told me that they, nobody has even looked at it yet and she sends like an internal email. So I know about uh, being th this frustration of your request not getting followed up quickly and really this automation can help you to, to avoid this. Um, also, other things that the ticketing system can solve for you is to have always this full context about previous interactions due to the alignment or the, yeah, the alignment of our CRM, right? So you always know what the customer has been doing along his entire journey with your business. You don't have to... Um, yeah, ever look up products purchased, for example, in another system, thanks to that as well. And avoid any unclarity about the ticket status because the tickets are really nicely organized in a pipeline that you can customize with the different ticket statuses that your company has. Um, can prioritize tickets, which is also really nice. There may be some high urgency tickets that you need to separate from the others. And also, I would say, What's nice about the pipelines is that you can really separate out different types of tickets, different categories your support team is, um, is solving for. And lastly, with um, all of this, all of the support requests nicely organized in tickets, this will also help management to actually manage capacity and tracking ticket volume over time. Wow, amazing. And yeah, I think, you know, you hit the nail on the head there when you, you're talking about your own experiences and, and what you've experienced as a customer. And I guess using that knowledge and feeding that back into what you then deliver and create for your customers is, is super important. And having that, you know, unified help desk and, and eliminating those manual process and duplication and just some of those features like the prioritization I can imagine it it helps to streamline a lot of processes totally and actually studies have th uh, have shown that 60 percent of consumers actually quit business with a brand due to bad customer service oh, and I'm wow. sure I belong to the 60 percent <laughs> you maybe as well but when I really get fed up with a customer service I'm thinking three times about doing business with that company again right so yes I mean 60 percent sounds surprising but when you think about it no it, it it is true once you've had a bad experience then it puts a bit of a sour taste in your mouth in your mouth doesn't it and you, you want to move on or find someone that's going to deal with that better so um, I hope you find you get your social security number soon <laughs> <laughs> thanks I hope so too <laughs> maybe we should turn this podcast and say Sabine's getting frustrated <laughs> <laughs> maybe somebody from the French insurance is listening who knows <laughs> we can only hope um so uh, so yeah something you also mentioned that I want to go back to is, is the knowledge base and I think having that is something that can transform a business's customer service offering and you know it I guess it also eliminates a lot of emails going to your company because you know you have that almost FAQ section and people can just find the answer themselves and I think HubSpot has one of the best knowledge bases going um you know I've used it multiple times to understand how to use certain features in HubSpot and also to send it to other people as well so they can get a bit more understanding I think also the ability to create one that sits within the service hub is awesome. So I guess, can you explain the concept of a knowledge base and how people can maybe use that functionality in HubSpot? Yes, absolutely. So 
essentially a knowledge base helps customers help themselves and eliminate that need for back and forth between reps and the customer. As you mentioned, um, there are a lot of requests that can probably be quickly and easily solved with a knowledge base article or an FAQ section. And it's just creating additional work for service reps if a customer has to contact support each and every time for those uh, common requests and questions, right? So that is what a knowledge base is all about. It's basically a library of help articles. And um, customers are impatient. They don't want to phone. They don't want to chat. Um, they don't want to email oftentimes. And the knowledge base is a great way to get that instant help 24-7 because they just have to hop online and find the articles. And it also frees up due to that capacity for the service reps because they can actually focus on the people that need their one-to-one -one attention and support. A great example, I think, is the HubSpot knowledge base. Maybe um, the listeners who, have, um, who are using HubSpot already have Googled some question they have related to HubSpot. And in most cases, 99%, I would say, a knowledge base article from HubSpot pops up. And this is really great alleviation for our support team because they are not chatting or calling in because of that and are helped very quickly and happy as a result, right? So like in HubSpot, what can you do with the knowledge base? So a lot of things. First of all, it's very easy and straightforward to set it up, I would say. And you can style the knowledge base to match your brand's design. You can also organize different help articles in categories, which is nice to keep a good overview. You can embed videos, for example, as well in your knowledge base articles to further explain something. And also what's nice about the knowledge base that by default it is responsive to um, different devices and also optimized for search so that it's hopefully showing up in the top search results when one of your customers is actually looking up an issue you have an article for. And you also have a built-in reporting dashboard with the knowledge base. So you can see usage data and customer feedback to improve your help documentation over time and see what articles are actually um, used heavily, which ones have maybe some bad feedback that you need to improve on and really make sure you get the best and most helpful articles out over time. Yeah, great. And I guess the, the effectiveness of your knowledge base is also the amount of time and effort you put into that because I imagine a lot of people just quickly set up a knowledge base and think yeah that'll that'll solve a lot of our issues and reduce maybe customer queries but actually making sure that that's high quality and you've thought about the information that customers actually want to know is super important as well otherwise you're kind of just setting it up for the sake of it and not actually thinking about what problem it solves totally and also um like that and i would also say the design of a knowledge base article that it's not basically a desert of text but actually the ways to organize it in a way that it really quickly delivers the message and the most important points you want to deliver so there are even like subtle elements in the knowledge base like um highlighting in different colors the um, some some po some points that the customer needs to pay attention to um, any additional information that are really important to take away, you can highlight on different colors, like all those small things. That is just an example, but really making sure the articles are also designed in a way that um, you really get the information in the best and quickest manner possible. Yeah, all small things that, that make a big difference for sure. And um, yeah, another area that you mentioned that um, ties in quite heavily with, with Service Hub 
is the conversation tools. And one of those tools you mentioned was Inbox. So can you talk a bit more about Inbox? How does it work and, and how does it also work with the multiple service tools that there are? Yeah, great question. Um, yeah, I love the inbox because really what it does, it's a shared inbox that streamlines and centralizes all of your support team conversation, no matter which channel it's coming from and which channel they are using. So it's this um, one-stop shop almost for all support channels where everything flows together. That can be, for example, Facebook messengers, um, any support forms you have on your website, uh, chat inquiries, but chatbot uh, conversations are also any support uh, emails that are being sent. And it really avoids jumping between different systems and keep a really good overview. And um, yeah, you only see your assigned requests or all unassigned requests once you take them on. So it really depends a little bit on how the inbox is configured for you or what permissions you have. But you can very nicely organize your inbox as well and only show the um, in the incoming requests that matter to you or the ones that you maybe need to take a look on because they are unassigned. And it really helps you as well, having this shared inbox to see all context about the customer again. Because we have all the CRM data integrated, we would be seeing, for example, when, let's say, um, a chat message comes in or a um, support email comes in, we would be seeing as well, next to this request, all information about the contact if you already exist in the CRM. So we would be seeing what company works for, any deals maybe associated to the um, this contact, any previous uh, support tickets that the person had. So really the full context that helps us to deliver a more relevant um, uh, conversation with this support request. It also allows us to manage availability for live chat, which is really nice because we can say we are available or not available and manage that. And also, right from this shared inbox, we can create tickets for bigger requests that need escalation and can't be solved right away. So again, it's just like eliminating a few clicks. We can do it right from within there and work more efficiently. And lastly, I would say what's also very nice about the inbox is, again, some other efficiency tools that are built in. So you can very quickly in your mess, in your replies, insert snippets, videos that you have pre-recorded maybe um, that answer typical questions, knowledge-based articles that we've talked about previously, right? That's also cool because we can embed them with one click in our, um, in our reply. Also, any documents we might be storing in the CRM in HubSpot and any templates. Again, like all those common requests and questions that customers might ask you, you can just like super quickly pull in the resources to avoid having to type out everything manually, manually and just increasing efficiency. Wow, some really great features there. And I, I really like that point about, you know, when you're in your inbox and you have, you can see the tickets assigned to you and then you have that customer history because I think we've all been there where we've been talking to a brand new person in the business who has absolutely no idea who you are or what your issue is or query is. And it's almost like starting the process all again and that solely can make you really actually very frustrated so having that history there of like you said previous tickets that they've opened and what company they work for etc I imagine it just helps create a bit more personalization to that conversation but also just moves things on a, a much quicker pace exactly great um so yeah you also touched on there that 
inbox kind of works with live chat as well and I think live chat and chatbots are something we've covered quite a few times on the podcast because you know we know the benefits across all areas of a business but I guess if we just focus on the service side of HubSpot what else are some of the cool things that you can do with live chat and chatbots that you really like? Yeah, so um, there's a lot of stuff that you can do with it. So first of all, um, the live chat can be used by support teams, of course. And what is what a nice use case is for live chat with support is, for example, that you can show the chat only to the right segment, right? So we can actually say we set up a live chat in HubSpot, but only customers can see it. Um, or only other certain segments that we think should be able to get in touch with support via live chat. We can also vary the chat prompt even based on a segment. So if we say, um, let's say one of our repeat customers might be seeing some uh, some different chat prompt than a customer that has just purchased for the first time or maybe customers from different industries, let's say, um, or that um, have purchased previously different products that we offer might see different chat prompts and that can really help to also get um, over the barrier to get in touch with chat and with the chat in the first place you can also show the chat only on specific pages which is very nice so instead of showing the chat everywhere on your website and maybe getting flooded with incoming chat requests you can focus to only show the chat on specific pages where you think your customers or the prospects might really need help with so typically that can maybe be product pages or also during a checkout process if you're an e-commerce store and you can also with the live chat um, surface and activated based on agent availability which is nice so you can for example say only if somebody puts himself as available in the shared inbox we are surfacing the chat and if nobody's available well we can maybe show an away net message and just collect the email address or we can maybe decide not to surface the chat at all and within the chat, again, we have all of those efficiency tools that help support reps to just act that little bit faster. So we can add, again, like videos. We can embed uh, snippets and templates that help to answer common questions really quickly within the chat message. Or also share GIFs, for example, to explain, let's say, how to implement something in the tool you're selling, as an example. And regarding to the chatbot, I think there are also a lot of great things you can do regarding your, your support process. Because we've talked previously about how customers are impatient these days, right? And they want to help instantly and they want to help ideally 24-7. And a chatbot really allows you to do exactly that because it can be always live and it can also accommodate as many people as possible so it helps you to actually scale by not having to employ uh, to employ new people and some things you can or i would recommend to do with the support uh, with the chatbot is to answer the most common questions that really that is really like one of the most common use cases we are seeing where chatbot is used for customer service so Gather your most common questions that support is being asked over and over again, and then make, create a chatbot to help answer those questions. So again, this is like the knowledge base, just freeing up capacity because those people don't have to have this one-to-one -one communication. 
Really nice as well with the chatbot, I think, is that you can do a knowledge base lookup. So if you have created a knowledge base already that answers your most common questions, you can have a knowledge base lookup in a chatbot. So I could, as a customer, for example, just type in my question. And if there is a fitting knowledge base article, it would surface. If not, I could still decide to connect that person with a, um, with a real person, with a real support rep. And Another thing that you can do, I think, which is really nice, you can also custom code your bot. So what that means, you need some technical knowledge, but what that means <laughs> is basically that there is no limit. So whatever you want to do in terms of customer service with your bot, if you have any funky use case, you can do it by custom coding. So I've seen a lot of cool things. If you're an e-commerce store, for example, you can automate um, return the return of items. You could look up shipping details if you want to know more about about your um, yeah where your where your shipping actually is at the moment when you can expect your articles, so a lot of cool things possible here. And um, what's nice is as well that we have some templates to get you started. So you might also be thinking, oh my God, like how do I even start setting up this bot? This sounds super complicated. But we have some templates to get you started, and it's actually um, quite nice guide, let's say a quite nice flow from which you can very easily set up a simple bot to begin with, like with those most common questions I would start. And then you can um, dive into more advanced areas. Wow, some really great features there. And I, I like the addition of, you know, being able to include an image or a video or a, a GIF, because I mean, I've been on live chats before where They've asked me to send them a screenshot or an image of something, but they don't have that feature within their live chat. So I then have to go off onto my emails. They have to send me an email and I'll forward it to them. And it just, it makes the process so much more frustrating and lengthy. Whereas if you have all those features in one place, I can imagine queries get answered at a much faster rate. And also um, the customer just has a much easier process as well. Totally, much quicker and much more efficient. And yeah, like I think the, the start is really to gather those common questions and to set up the resources like videos, um, templates, etc., snippets to to answer that. And then you can really go on hyperspeed. Great. And you mentioned there, you know, um, one thing you can do is like automate the return of items, for example. And we've mentioned automation a little bit throughout the podcast. But I guess what are some good use cases for businesses using automation within customer service that you have? Yeah, that is a great question because automation is really everything. If you can automate really common processes, right? It just helps your team to be so much more efficient. So what are some good use cases? I would say... Um, kicking off a feedback survey, for example, like that is great. We talked about, um, we haven't talked about um, the feedback tool yet, but that is also within the service hub. And we could, for example, say we automate that whenever a customer conversation has closed, like any customer request has been resolved, we automate that a feedback survey is sent out right away afterwards to, um, to see if the customer was happy with how his request has been handled. We can, and that's something I mentioned before also already, ensure a timely follow-up. And that's so important because nobody wants to wait to get a reply. And usually service reps have an SLA, maybe to answer within 48 hours, let's say. So we can set up automation to ensure that we get like a reminder to, to go and follow up. And if um, a ticket is really has been stalled for a way too long time, we can also notify the manager, for example, to step in here. We could also, with automation, ensure that yeah, 
generally no ticket is forgotten exactly as I said if a ticket has been stalled for let's say two weeks or a week two weeks is probably even too long but a few days even um, let's make sure to put that on high priority to to really tackle it now and another way we can automate is for example with the sequences i mentioned that um, previously a little bit so for example if you as a support rep have to chase a customer a little bit you're maybe waiting for the screenshot right and there's this typical issue you need a screenshot you're waiting for that screenshot you could create a sequence that is then sending those chasing and reminder emails until the customer is actually coming back to you and sending that that's required screenshot, for example. So you avoid this whole chasing and following up because the sequence sends those emails automatically within uh, with certain delays that you define. You could also automate recurring customer service emails, for example. So let's say this email that I mentioned before, when a support ticket has been closed, you can automatically send up an email notifying the customer it has been it has been closed, right? Or for example, um, we could also automatically create tickets. That's also super powerful. So when certain criteria are met, um, let's say the customer has a certain request, we can just not handle really quickly via via the shared inbox. Um, or we have a certain yeah, a certain criteria, whatever it might be, that indicates to your business that this needs a, t um, needs a ticket creation, we can automatically create that. We can also create tasks automatically when a ticket moves from one stage to another. That's what I mentioned. So for example, if a ticket is, if the customer has replied and it's on the, sales, uh, on the service web to reply again, which can just create an automated task to tell him it's time to reply now. And lastly, we could also automate for escalations. If there are again any criteria met um, that you can define yourself, we can notify an escalation team or the manager that he has to take a look at this. So a lot is possible here, but really everything to increase efficiency and avoid that things get lost or stall. Yeah, it definitely sounds like the use cases are almost endless. And um, yeah, I think, you know, that some of those features can can really help just streamline the whole process. And I imagine a lot of those fixes are things that maybe seem quite small to, to people that don't work in customer service. But actually, when customer service reps have multiple clients that they have to deal with, it's actually small things that could easily be forgotten, but they then have a big impact down the line and actually make a, a big impression to a customer if it doesn't perhaps go the way it should do. So you, I can see that you're definitely solving a lot of problems. And I'm sure a lot of customer service reps are very thankful to you guys. <laughs> yeah, I certainly would have been very thank thankful to have had some of those automations during my times as a support rep. <laughs> awesome. And you mentioned there that one thing you can do is automate um, like a feedback survey. And I think the survey tools are a really cool part of the service hub. So, you know, the ability to understand how customers feel about a business and, you know, the level of satisfaction that they've had with your product or your, your team is, is great. But I guess how does the surveying specifically work in HubSpot? Yeah, so the surveying tool is really great. And I think it's such an important feature to have in an all-in-one service suite because feedback management is just so essential to reduce friction in your flywheel and make it spin faster. Because if you don't gauge the feedback, 
feelings of your customers and their sentiments um, during the sales process, during their lifetime as a customer. You just miss so many opportunities, what you, what processes and what small things even you can improve and do better and just increase that overall customer satisfaction. So having those feedback surveys helps you to really uncover a lot of opportunities to improve your processes and in reduce the unwanted friction. So for example, in the HubSpot feedback survey tool, you can create four different types of surveys. So first of all, you can create a customer effort score or CES survey. This is basically a survey that monitors how your contacts feel about their support experience. So you would be typically sending it out after somebody has interacted with your support team, after a ticket has maybe closed, and you can send it to your customers automatically um, As I mentioned before, you can set up this automation as soon as a support ticket has been closed. And a second type of survey that we have is the CSAT survey, customer satisfaction survey. It gets feedbacks, uh, feedback on a customer's experience with your business all over. So you can use that also when a support ticket has closed. You could also use it, however, for any other milestone interaction a customer has had with your business, maybe right after he purchased or 90 days after he became a customer, maybe after his onboarding, like all of those milestone experience, you could um, you could send out this customer satisfaction survey. And The third type of survey we have is a classic NPS survey that a lot of people might be familiar with, the customer loyalty survey. So this is basically this one question, how happy are you uh, or how um, on a scale from one to 10, how much would you recommend us? Like this type of question, right? To really understand how your customers feel about your brand and your product overall. And once yeah, you set up an NPS survey, you can also again send it out in an automated way. And a fourth type of survey that I already alluded to, we just launched it actually yesterday. Oh, wow. <laughs> And this is like so powerful. It's certainly my favorite type of survey because it's the custom survey. So you can tailor your surveys now to your business needs with really a diverse array of question types and customizable templates. Um, it's basically in, in that sense, like a form that you can choose different types, right? So for example, a drop-down menu, a, um, a, t a tick box, like a free space where somebody can write something. So all of those different types of questions you can add there. And it's just so nice because it allows for every business need. Whereas the customer effort score survey, the CSET and the NPS survey, they are amazing. But just for those use cases, and we know that businesses are very diverse, so if there's anything else that they need to ask in their survey, they have the ability now. And um, the surveys, they can be um, all of them sent via email, and you can also automate when to send them out based on segments that you define. So you can use any criteria, any um, segments you want to send out the survey to. So basically, based on every information you have in the CRM about demographics or behavior of your contacts, you can use them to define who to send out that service uh, to and thus make it really relevant and customized as well. 
And with the survey tool also comes reporting, of course, which is critical because we also want to understand the sentiments of our customers to make those improvements afterwards. So for each survey, we have um, a really good reporting available as well. So you will see an overview of the performance of each individual survey. You can really see the customer sentiments, how many, um, let's say, in the customer effort score survey have been satisfied, unsatisfied or neutral the comments that they may have left changes over time. So let's say on the NPS, how is that improving or changing over time? Um, so yeah, really helps us to, to use this information to make improvements to processes and reduce that friction. Great. I, I really like how you split that up into different formats and different areas as well. So yeah, I guess, you know, you touched on that you used to work in customer service. So I guess if you went back to that time in your life and you were maybe a customer service manager and you wanted to move off of using a shared email inbox onto more of a modern system like HubSpot, where would you suggest that people start, you know, those who might be listening that are thinking of making that move? What would you suggest that their first steps be? Yeah, that's a great question because we've just heard how many tools Service Hub involves and it can quickly get overwhelming, right, to want to change everything at once. And I'm, I've, I am still helping today in my role, of course, customers every day to improve their service processes to get set up on Service Hub. So um, I have a lot of experience with that. And if I have to give one tip I would certainly say start with the quick wins um, because similar to um, CRM projects, such a every change management project where a team has to get on a new system, it can fail. That's simply the way it is with change management. So what is really important is that as a service manager gets the team on board quickly and he can do that by creating those quick wins that show the team straight away the time they can maybe save, the efficiency they can gain so that they see the whole advantage and actually get on board. So there are a lot of tools that can be used, but like certain things for quick wins that I would recommend is certainly setting up some of this initial automation to eliminate those manual tasks, those manual follow-ups or um, this problem that tickets might get forgotten. So that this is out of the way straight away, I would certainly implement this as one of the first things. Or maybe just setting up those um, those templates, those snippets, just some of the first um, efficiency tools to help the team to be much more quicker in resolving their requests. And then I would say what to focus on really depends on the, the objective you have and the area that's most important to the service manager. So I would say if the focus for this change is to conduct a seamless onboarding for your customers, you should probably be leveraging first the shared inbox and the productivity tools like snippets and sequences and playbooks that we actually haven't talked about yet. But playbooks is basically a, um, a guide, let's say, to guide you through common customer interactions. So let's say you have a certain type of, um, of, of call that you have to do when a service request of a particular type comes in and you need to ask specific questions and find out specific information, a playbook is almost a guide that helps you to, to make sure you don't forget you have all the questions at hand. You can note your answers in there and store them right away on the, on the contact record as well. So that's certainly a tool to use when, when onboarding is one of the goals you have for Service Hub. If you rather want to focus on 
enabling flex more flexible support, then my recommendation would be by starting to set up this ticketing and help desk system, as well as the live chat on your website, and also enable calling so that you can reach your customers by phone and on the go, and set up some of those automation workflows to help prioritize tickets and automate common tasks. And maybe as a third focus area, um, deepen your customer relationships if you want to focus on that. Then my recommendation would be to use the built-in reporting dashboards to measure success and to yeah, probably also set up the feedback survey, certainly, and using the forecasting to, uh, tools to track renewals and upgrades. So that's, yeah, that's where I would say you should get started with. Great. Some really good points on where to start. And I, I love that point that you mentioned that probably people don't think about is you know getting that um employee buy-in because I imagine a lot of the time um you know I've been there as well where a new process comes in and you almost roll your eyes and think oh gosh not another one um but then getting those quick wins and showing your customer service teams the difference that HubSpot can make and then getting their buy-in is super important and just helps everyone get on board like you said much quicker yeah so important and maybe like having one internal champion in the team who you incentivize a little bit who starts really to use the new tools and then can also serve as an advocate a little bit within the team and help the colleagues with questions they might have because sometimes they are more willing to take on um, some advice or tips from a colleague than from management yeah really good point there and it's almost like a hubspot cheerleader i suppose (laughs) Um, so so yeah final question i guess let's let's look forward so with the service hub where is hubspot going with it what does the future kind of look like for the service hub is there anything you're you're excited about that's coming up Oh, yeah, totally. So um, the future looks bright. <laughs> in short, we are um, developing a lot of things. So, um, for example, to make the interaction with your business faster and more customizable, we will be launching, for example, enhanced CRM customization, enhanced calling features. And also a conversations API, which is really nice because that will allow you to integrate even more channels um, that requests can come from into your chat inbox that is possible then it's possible at the moment and we will also for example launch channel switching to allow you to quicker jump between channels so that's pretty nice for customization and just this increased efficiency again we are also working for example on making the support more flexible we will improve in the future automation options still because we know how important that is and we will also be launching a customer portal where customers can actually track their ticket status and where their ticket is going, which is also super important. That's why I'm particularly excited about that, certainly to give customers just more visibility into their request and where it is and how it's been handled. And we will also be launching more service-specific analytics and further inbox customization to really ensure you get the inbox filters that help you to have the most relevant view in your shared inbox possible. And I think as a last aspect, what we are working on is making your customer feel more heard and valued by um, investing in our feedback service further down the line and also in SLA and chat features that your team can provide more relevant solutions. Another thing that we work on um, is sandbox accounts, also super nice. So that will help um, 
everybody who's implementing Service Hub to test things in that sandbox environment before actually taking it live. And lastly, also super important, especially for larger organizations, some governance features. Basically, this will be new capabilities to help admins manage everything around access, assets, and users to ensure everybody has just access to the right things in the tool. Wow, some really exciting stuff. It definitely sounds like you're you're very busy over there, Sabine. <laughs> <laughs> well, not me in particular, but my colleagues from product, absolutely. They are working. <laughs> no, I agree. The future looks very bright for Service Hub. And I can't wait to see some of those features come out. So, um, so yeah, that brings us to the end of this episode. Thank you so much for your time, Sabine. It's been a pleasure. And I'm sure our listeners will be looking at ways that they can optimize Service Hub in their business. So thanks again for your time today. Brilliant. Thank you. It's been my pleasure. And um, wish you a lovely rest of the day, Carrie. Bye-bye. Oh, thank you. You too. So if you also enjoyed this episode, then please share it with your friends and colleagues and let us know your thoughts on social media. You can tag us at Carmen Digital, or if you're loving the podcast, then you can leave us a review. If you want to make sure you never miss a new episode, make sure you subscribe to the podcast and I will see you on another episode. Thanks for listening.